Welcome to Unsigned Hype episode 15. On this episode, I have the pleasure to talk to the incredible artist Titus from New Jersey. Prior to our interview, I asked Titus which song he would play for someone that wasn't familiar with his music yet. Titus chose a song, No Limitations, and if you're not familiar with Titus's music yet, here's a snippet of that song before we jump into the interview. It's a different day, but what can I say? And I've been yeah, but anyway, but anyway, can't stop my greatness. And we on the way, what you could say, no limitations. Once we get away, once we get away, yeah, I'll pull my spaceship. This is Unsigned Hype. The song you just heard is called No Limitations by Titus, who is joining us from Portugal today. And it's an absolute yes, pleasure to have you on the show today. Titus, why is No Limitations the song you would play for someone that has never heard your music before? No Limitations kind of encompasses everything that I'm about. The vibrations from the song are really nice. It's a nice entry-level song to uh, get into my music. And from experience, having had played that song for people that I don't even know at first, it kind of puts them into this different state that I feel like they weren't expecting at all. And uh, I like to introduce that kind of experience to to anyone. So to everyone tuning in, you could tune into that song, No Limitations, if you want to get an understanding of the universe of Titus and what I've created for us. What is that place? What is that place that you try to put people into when they listen to music, to your music? I like to put people into a place of calmness and comfort within themselves, uh, similar to meditation. Uh, but obviously adding in some some action, not uh, uh, not so much, uh, what would you say, uh, a neutral space, uh, a positively calming zone, like a meditative state, almost if you're like you're driving or you're doing something that relaxes you. My world is very much so that, uh, that tone. My message is also very much the same. It all encompasses this... Uh, it's peaceful state, so to speak. To me, no limitations is also a great metaphor for just absolute freedom. And I'm wondering if as an artist, you've often limited yourself in the past. Oh, for sure. I've limited myself many times over. Uh, being uh, a free-spirited artist, so to speak, many times um, I've... I had opportunities uh, that I would either pass up on or I wouldn't agree on because I am so independent and free-spirited. And in, in that context, uh, that has limited uh, me from experiencing different plateaus or different levels of visibility or different groups of people, to be honest. And uh, that, that just comes from me being stubborn in the past and in my own ways and beliefs, which I was really rigid on. And uh, through throughout time, you grow, you mature, you look back on things without regret, I hope, and 
you learn from that. But uh, many times I've limited myself also in the creative process where, you know, I make the music, I make the beats, I uh, obviously record on them. And then a lot of the music, most of it, I mixed myself. And I enjoy that process. Uh, but at times I felt like it would have been better for me to outsource the mixing process and bring it to someone that more so specializes solely in that, you know, but my own anxiety of wanting to handle most of it myself has limited me from uh, experiencing my music from the perspective of other ears. So, yeah. There's also a lot of pressure, right? Um, the the fear of, of giving others the opportunity to have an impact on, on your creative process. Um, so you decide to basically do everything by yourself. For sure. Yeah, that's that's definitely um it's definitely a lot of pressure uh that I don't really perceive as uh anxiety inducing pr pressure. It's just more so I love the task, but at this point in my career, I like to delegate the things to individuals that specialize in that thing. Uh, so it leaves me more space to literally just create the raw art form and then everything else will go to anyone else that specializes in that thing. Was there a particular moment where you decided to do that, where you were more open to to give people opportunity to to kind of come in and support you with what you do? Was there a particular reason for you to do that? Yeah, absolutely. For the most part, uh, in the beginning stages, I... Uh, took all these things into my own hands because of funds, to be honest, to mix a song. It's like, at the time, it was at least $500 to $1,000. And like, you know, to do 10 songs, I didn't have that type of cash flow. So I was like, okay, let me learn how to do this myself. And I actually mixed No Limitations myself. And that's probably one of the the, the better mixes out of, out of all the ones that I've done. And Getting back that recognition, it kind of just gave me the the boost that I needed to keep doing as such. Um, until recently, about two years ago, I started to outsource uh, my music to get mixed by engineers that have experience and nominations and Grammys and stuff like that. And when I got my music back, And hearing things that were in the music, obviously, that I created, but having them exist in a space to where the music became much more spatial than what I had imagined it to be, in which I knew it was, but it was just an amazing feeling to get that back and have that security and assurance and trust uh, in others. You know, it's, it's, It's it's a no-brainer for me to, you know, pay $1,500 a song to get it mixed because I know this person's credits. I heard this song, you know, but like to trust someone that I don't know with the credits, you know, like that's kind of where I'm like, uh, I don't know. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, Can you talk? That's that's interesting because it's it's if you if people start start uh, their career in music and They, you know, there's so many possibilities. You know, you obviously you you did and you 
still do a bunch of stuff yourself. You write, you produce, you mix your albums, and you're very much involved in the process. In the beginning, that might be a solution for someone that is just starting off. And eventually, like yourself, you start reaching out to people that that sometimes may maybe know more about a certain particular thing uh, uh, than you. Um, yeah. How do you find those people? Like, how do you build trust with yeah. these people? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my first reaching out to engineers was through Sound Better, which uh, was actually in 2018. I got uh, a song called FYTB and a song called My Energy uh, mixed by Lance Powell, who did uh, a lot of stuff with um, Wilco and Mumford and Sons, which are like indie bands, but like he's you know, he specializes in all forms of music. And uh, we just communicated through the platform and I really vibed with his energy and uh, sent them those records. And after like two revisions, got the records back and uh, I loved what I heard. And he brought things out that I obviously couldn't. And, you know, going back like to Like your- what, for example? Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but that's just yeah. really interesting to me. What What is it that they did better, let's say, than what you- yeah. So yeah, so even to iterate on uh, better before I answer that question, I already know certified mixing engineers are better at mixing than I am. You know, I never thought that I was better. I just felt comfortable and confident in taking things to my own hands and being able to put out a product that would be enjoyed by by my audience. Uh, but I I know any any certified mixing engineer that's what they do and the things that they know and the expertise that they have is much greater than my own. Um, but what he brought out was the prominence of my voice, uh, brought out the prominence of my voice and specific elements in the bass uh, and the drums that I didn't understand. And I also was mixing my music in a room in my house at the time that I've soundproofed and built into a studio, but it just wasn't soundproof. Uh, best for bass. So I wasn't hearing the bass uh, as as well as you would in a state-of-the-art studio. And so my resonance, the resonance in a lot of my music back then, uh, if it played on certain systems, it just wouldn't pan out as great as when I got it back from, from Lance. That bass was a lot more toned. My vocals stuck out more. They sat on top of the music uh, and it, it felt much more balanced and wider than what I did. Mm. And so that that in itself, I learned a lot from that. And, you know, of course, that that led me to go and figure out exactly what he did and, and try to learn how to do that myself. I'm terrible, but um, shots out to Lance Powell. I appreciate you. I, um, I'd like to go back to No Limitations and talk about something that, you know, sometimes by artists might be frowned upon. I don't know. I don't know if frowned upon is actually the right word, but talking about numbers. So numbers, especially in today's society, when it comes to social media reach and building a large large fan base, I've, I've talked to a lot of artists who are in a position in their career right now where they, they're really striving for the big numbers. And not mm-hmm. only in terms of their social media reach, but also mm-hmm. in terms of streaming numbers. But it's mm-hmm. not an easy thing for many of them. 
to mm-hmm. really get heard by a larger audience. And you've actually achieved that. But at the same time, I feel like my my impression of you is that you're still a very mystical figure. Um, mm-hmm. you, but you've achieved the big numbers. You have the songs with the millions of streams. And I'm wondering what these numbers mean to you at this point in your career and mm-hmm. how they impacted your career, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big numbers, um, songs, having songs in the millions, uh, is, is definitely a blessing and uh, something that I uh, took very much pride in and still am uh, grateful and appreciative of. And I'd advise, you know, artists to not get hung up on that because you actually never know who's listening to your music. And it could be a person that will take a song that they heard that has a thousand streams on it and like, put it on TikTok or on a video of their own. And the next thing you know, it's doing millions, you know? So the key is to keep in the vibration in your own mind that your music is spreading across the world and reaching the right people because music does travel. Um, having those streams early on in my career uh, is, is a blessing because uh, what that did was it, it, it put me in a, a place of visibility for uh, people to discover me and, and, and continue to rock with me on my journey. In the beginning of like the playlist era of Spotify, I'd say I would be around like 2015, 2016. Uh, I feel like it was a lot more of a democratic space or socialist space where independent artists actually had more, um, spaces for them to exist. Uh, A lot of those playlists that I existed on where I did garner millions of streams, those slots are now bought out by like major label artists. And it's not necessarily the space for independent artists um, today, unfortunately. Uh, But also some of those songs that I have millions of streams, first of all, the mixes were like not great, uh, but the, the songs were great. And because of that, the music travel, all you have to focus on is just making good music that's true to you. It will spread 100%. Is, is you, I think you've made it very clear that this is not your, your top priority, that, no. you, that you're very humbled by the numbers, obviously, and very, yeah. very happy and yeah. appreciative of how the music is, is streamed. Yeah. It, it, what is success to you if these numbers are not success? How do you define your own success in your career? Success is waking up every day and being able to do what I love and doing what I love, that supporting me, uh, while also inspiring millions of people. Uh, I know my music is inspirational and motivational. And to me, that's one of the highest forms of a gift or appreciation or energy that you can exchange to another human being. And in that regards, uh, the universe will reward me. The universe will bless me. The universe will always take care of me or whatever you want to call that. God, the cosmos will always take care of me because the value that I give uh, without wanting anything in return, but just for people to enjoy what I do. uh, I, I know that sounds very like, altruistic and new age and not very commercial, but I speak from a spiritual sense. I understand how the universe works. I understand how the exchange of energy works. 
Um, the universe is also a very numerical based one. But when we fixate our minds on streams and that validating and using that as a validation to yourself, that can put you in a very vicious cycle of comparing yourself to other artists and trying to make music like this or that because this did that and that did this. And that's not true to you. That's not true from your heart. What we actually resonate with when we listen to music is authenticity, something that feels real and relates to us. And the only way to express that in the truest form is to be raw and purely who you are on that microphone. And everything else will play out in your favor, I promise. How do you want things to play out for you in the future? Like you've achieved I so much. I want to hit the stage. I want to hit the stage in front of hundreds of thousands of people. I want to travel the world. I want to go Prince level, Jimi Hendrix level, Michael Jackson level. I do want to like be that big per se or influential Bob Marley level. Bob Marley never had a number one song, never. But he will live forever because of the way that he made people feel. Mm. And my music is already a testament to that same level of how it makes people feel. I just have to um, not only just continue to make it, but understand this game and communicate myself visually and on the internet uh, in a way that people understand uh, my lifestyle in relation to the way that the music makes people feel. So just being on the internet more, uh, A bit less mystical, you know, but I'll always be mystical. That's just who yeah. I am. So, yeah, internet is a huge part because in today's day and age, you know, back then it was, it was, it was, it was beautiful to have this lore as an artist, to have this mystery, this mystique. Uh, it was a very elegant uh, aesthetic. Now it's more so about people want to feel like they know you, like you, like they could be your friend. You know, and you can be my friend. I'm one of the coolest people to hang out with. <laughs> like I, I just need to do a better job at showing that to people. Is it hard for you to find that the, the right balance between being out there for the people and doing what feels right to you? Because yeah. as it does sound like it's a conscious choice of being a bit more mysterious and not being out there all the time. But at the yeah. same time, it's it's also your bread and butter to 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 be there and for yeah. the people and to talk about what you're doing every day. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. how do you find the right balance when it comes to that? I was, I was, I was afraid to do that, to keep it a buck. I was afraid to do that. And that's another thing, going back to the limiting yourself. That was something that was limiting me for a very long time. Uh, I was afraid to just show myself um, in the everyday. And like, I don't, I don't even really know why, because my life is literally like a movie every day. I wish I would, I wish I would like record some of the shit that I like experienced in my lifetime. But now, um, I approach the internet more like a, like a big brother figure. I have a lot of wisdom to share and it would just be unfair to not share that, you know, outside of the music. Since the beginning of my career, I've always answered every direct message. I've always replied to every comment, always. I just was never up front uh, much more than that. 
mm-hmm. uh, on the internet. And now I've made a conscious decision too, because I've realized like this form of energy, like what we're exchanging now, which I highly appreciate is something that people really want to see from me. And um, once again, you never know who's watching, what 13 year old is like watching and like getting something from. And, and mm. um, I, I think about that quite a bit. I have a lot of siblings. I'm the oldest of many kids and they all kind of look to me in some way, shape or form for some kind of advice or guidance. So it's like, why not give that on all ends? I, I want to go back a little bit to your early beginnings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for you, music was already something you dived into at a, at a fairly young age, I think nine, 10 years old. Yeah. And even like starting to write and produce when you were 15, 14, 15, where you knew you wanted to create art. And it all started, I think, with a cousin of yours that gave you like a burnt disc of Fruity Loops. Correct. To, to really get into producing. Um, yeah. You're making your first beats and you know you want to make a career out of this at some point. Can you describe what caused that that need and that desire to really, yeah, pursue a career in music and getting it started? Yeah, absolutely. Um, first off, shouts out to Enzo Rari. That's my cousin. Uh, he's an incredible producer who's went 50-50 on this next album that's about to come out with me. He's an incredible mixing engineer. He was part of the recording process for the first Donda uh, that Kanye released. He's an amazing person, an amazing human being, and I'm forever indebted in him to, you know, bringing that to my attention. Um, Yeah, music has always been in my household and around. Uh, One of my great uncles was a DJ. My dad was into DJing and, you know, my my family just always played all kinds of music. Um, At the time, I was heavily into like, outside activities i was i was skating a lot and i was filming that a lot i was very much into cinema uh skating and sports and uh yeah my cousin came over one day to to uh i thought we were gonna go out and skate and he came with that and we just started making you know these very clickety clackety beats but i don't i don't know i i really don't I can't really explain it. I just, it, from that point on, it was just, you know, before I even knew it, I knew it. I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to be doing, like, forever. And maybe a year a year after that, I had my own gear, a laptop, and I started collecting, like, hardware pieces, like MPC XL. I had an Insonic ASR-10, and... um uh i was just making beats every day and around 15 or 16 i remember i was like going to some like house party or something and i had just left the house for making music and i just looked up into the sky and i was like yeah i'm gonna do music for as long as i can for the rest of, of my life and uh it's just something about it that makes sense to me um if i feel fulfilled you know, when after I make a song or I, I, I compose a piece of music that I love, like my entire day is 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 fulfilled. If I go a couple of days without creating anything, I feel like a piece of shit. I'm depressed. I don't feel good. Like I, I I'm I'm also a three life path number, so in some way, shape, or form, I, I have to express myself. 
and um, that form of expression, it's it's there's just nothing else that gives that does that for me, you know. And then I think like the next level is when I'm like actually on stage performing it. It's beyond like words. I can't really explain like how that feels. It's just beyond. It's beyond this earth. It's beyond, and that's one in something indicative of how uh meta you know music is mm. it's it could take us to like a another dimension almost you know and it it, it heals cells in the body it's like i just gra- it just gravitates to me in in that way <laughs> This was the song Angels by Titus, and now back to the interview. Being on stage, my man is, man, you know, it's, and I, I can't say I've been on stage in front of thousands of people, but I've been on stage in front of hundreds of people, so I can only imagine thousands, and even within those crowds that were, you know, a couple hundred people, just seeing people like looking them in the eyes, them looking you in the eyes and singing the words back to you from a song that you made in your room by yourself is different. I can't really explain it. It's just, it's a different kind of thing. And uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Making a song in your room makes me think about, you know, the, the question about the, that first song. Do you remember the first song that you've recorded and put out? Yeah, the first song that I recorded and put out um, was on a tape called Got Fans. And I don't think that's anywhere on the internet. But um, I recorded that with some friends and... I don't even remember the first song, but I know I, I know I sampled, I know I sampled, jeez, uh, how am I forgetting his name right now? Um, DJ, DJ starts with a P. I'm forgetting his name right now. I'm sorry, bro, but it's so good. It's so good. It's a legend, legendary record. I sampled that. That was the first song on the album. And uh, I I put it out on YouTube. This was the beginning of YouTube. 
but I mostly had it on CDs. And um, I actually started uh, an LLC officially at the time. I was 19 years old. It was my first business that I started was an LLC. And I bought a bunch of CDs. I pressed them. And I was just driving around my various towns in my township, selling them and giving them away. Uh, more so giving them away because I just wanted people to have the music. And uh, uh, the feeling didn't, I don't think I registered the magnitude of what I would be doing in the future. Because uh, at this point now, it, it, it resonates on a much, a much more conscious and um, appreciative. Then it was just like, yo, I'm so stoked that we made this music and I want to give, give it out. I didn't even know how it was going to affect people. Now that I know how the music affects people, uh, that feeling is much is much greater. So, so it was. It sounds like it was based on just you wanting to. You know, you've recorded something. You just wanted to share it with the world. How how did you know it was ready with no prior experience to making a lot of music? Is it just like an intuition that you say? It's ready, it's going out. And how long did you work on that first song until you felt like it's good for people to hear? I had no gauge back then. Um, I, I just, back then I was just listening to uh, all the greats and I've, there, there weren't so many like people my age at the time. Back then I was like 19 years old and there weren't, many 19 year olds on the radio if at all back then i was just listening to like jay-z lil wayne mob deep like i had some early like flying lotus in there mad lib jay dilla like these guys are older than me so i didn't really have any gauge or i wasn't comparing it at all it just sounded like the greatest shit in the world to me because i was just making it so i was like yo I can't believe I made this. Like this needs to, this needs to go out. And and which is it's it's wild to think about. I didn't. I wasn't thinking about how good the mixes were or how my voice sounded. I didn't. It's almost like a child that has no gauge of what they're doing. They just love what they're doing and they just want to put it out. And I think that's extremely important to keep at least some of that while you're creating. Mm. Yeah. when when does I'm just putting things out and just trying things out become I am an artist for you Titus do you remember that moment yeah absolutely when you start seeing comments and uh, people resonating with what you do and when the people around you start to change and you know look at you in a way like yo this can go somewhere you know, then you start to become conscious of what you're doing. And for me, that was around 2000, in between 2013 and 2015. Um, I would say 2013, actually, when I put out a record called New Age. And um, then I was with a management company called Three Quarter at the time, whom also managed Odd Future and the internet and Frank Ocean 
Steve Lacey. And um, I was with them and working on music and understanding the business and being around the business and shaking hands with executives and being around the internet, being around Tyler, being around Frank and um, seeing how serious uh, they took it and how the people around them that were handling the business side, how serious they took it. And uh, not to say that I never took my music serious because I was always confident in that my music would go somewhere. I just never incorporated the business and commercial processing side to the art after it's made. And those aspects, just as creative as I am, I'm very much business uh, minded as well. And when I started to mature that side of my mind uh, is when I became a lot more conscious of of what I was doing and, and, and how that was going to affect. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned that because also looking at your 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 story, um, you mentioned 2014, 2015. It seems like that those years were a really massive turning point in your career. Um, from what I know, you went on a spiritual hiatus for a while. You came back a year or two later to release a trilogy basically soon you'll understand first and why we're here on earth a bit later than before it's too late that was such a switch in sound compared to the things you did in 2012 when you were starting to actually get some some mentions in the media when you released the mirrors ep um and also new age that you just mentioned you know songs like gone face and delancey were were so so different how what happened in that time what happened to the Titus, 2012 Titus, before this hiatus that you took, before releasing this trilogy, um, that also had such a massive impact on your, on the switch and your sound, basically. Yeah, that's an amazing question. 2012 Titus didn't have a long-term vision. 2012 Titus was um, very much rooted in um, creating a caricature around himself. 2012 Titus was just getting lit and like just being like a rock star on the music and um all that was great and it 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 aligned with the people that were around me at the time once again like three quarter and like like david and being around our future and like all of them like that was that was great uh but once again, I limited myself because when I seen that, how that was going and like, I was kind of being going to be like marketed with and like through like odd future in a way or in pairing with them. I didn't like that. I didn't want to, I didn't want to come into the game like that. And um, I energetically rejected it in a way. And I went back to New York and uh, my spiritual hiatus was me actually having to sit down uh, for almost a year. And then, you know, after after that, uh, I came about and released New Age, which was a collection of those songs from like around that time. And that stuff was very different. Uh, And we were trying to we were trying to uh, 
we were trying to have it come out and be around people at the time that were like in Def Jam and connected to Kanye and like all of this. And like, honestly, I feel like that sound is what influenced Yeezus, but that's a whole nother conversation. And when I started to realize like what was happening, I just kind of got disgusted and repulsed by like the whole vibe of like the industry. And I said, fuck all that. And that's when I separated myself from um, all of that, like 2012 Titus and like three quarter and like all of that. I was like, all right, let me, let me get away from that. And I was, I was, I was mad for a bit. I was jaded. I was like, fuck all of this, but I was still making music. And, um, um, around 2015, when I decided to start putting out music again, I recorded Soon You'll Understand in the course of like three weeks. Uh, I was going into the studio like 4 a.m., coming out at like 10 a.m. with a song for like 14 days straight. And uh, the objective was to just speak my soul as true as possible. And that was, I wasn't doing that in 2012. 2012 was just like, it was still honest, but it was like, very spacey, alien, like kind of like animated kind of stuff. Like, and it sounds like it, it was mostly pleasing others and the industry rather than pleasing yourself and being yeah, at peace with yourself or what you wanted to do. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't, it was, it was influenced by definitely by other ears around me and you know voices and all that around me and um it wasn't all the way who i was and who i am and uh, but th those elements were definitely part of my life and lifestyle at in the time but it, it, it's like if like if i would be mad at myself right now if i would have stayed on that like vibration like from then till now i'm still on that like nah so 2015, I feel like 2016, so you'll understand, is actually the start of like Titus, like fully like being who Titus is and like introducing people like to that, that journey. And that was me going into the studio every night and speaking my soul as raw as possible. And there was obviously no one around me. There was nobody coming into the studio like, yo, what you working on? Like none of that. It was just literally by myself, talking to myself, walking in circles, putting stuff on a microphone and coming out 10 in the morning, going home, crashing out, waking up in the afternoon, doing it again, right? It became a routine and that I still practice to this day. And uh, uh, that change was me saying, okay, I know that I'm in a dark place. I know that this is where I'm supposed to be, but not where I will always be because it's not where I ultimately want to be. So I'm going to document how I feel in each of these stages. And yes, that year 2016 to early 2017 is the first trilogy. There's three trilogies. Currently we are in the second one. And um, each album is a different chapter and or lesson 
uh, that I've experienced or was currently experiencing uh, in my life. And that first trilogy, the lesson from from the first or that that defines the first trilogy is to to focus more on what you want and what what you feel is right. Focus on whom you are, find what your power is, and believe in it. So soon you'll understand it's like, all right, I know I'm on some shit. Y'all might not understand it yet, but you definitely will. Why we're here on earth is understanding what I have and what I'm going to communicate will help others understand why the fuck we're here. Before it's too late is, okay, y'all are getting it. I'm getting it. Let's continue on this pathway before it's too late. Once you believe in yourself is literally that. It's the, the law of belief, the power of belief. And um, this next album is called From the Bottom of Your Soul, which is exactly that, shadow work. Before we can fully reach enlightenment, we got to dig down deep into the depths and get all of that out. Feel by my side, yeah, know you by our side, yeah, coming to the dark side, yeah, still doing our past life, yeah, still seeing through the test light, yeah, still breathe through the stress high, yeah, still giving my best side. Found my eyes, I'm on the west side And I'm still teeth from the east side Brick city now, seven three side And my mama on peace shine Seven three has my street sign And I've been knowing my D sign And I've been knowing it's divine Follow my soul like it's time I left the old, won't rewind I gotta go, reach mine If it don't float, it's peace sign Gotta be the judge, gotta decide I cannot chill, can't recline I gotta wait to deep mine And my thoughts like knee high Using them to see mine Hide yourself, just be high Rolling up my medicine Moving in the present tense I'm getting a better sense I feel like God's evident See the signs they have said See the blessings, let them in Trust yourself, I recommend Can't deny And I'm still deep from the east side. This was the song Each Time by Titus. And now back to the interview. The, the question that I ask myself is, you know, how... So you you start you start off with first beats, writing first songs. You you have your foot in the door. 2012, things start happening for, for you. You put out your first releases. And then you have the switch in 2014, 2015, with then the new Titus, the new releases coming out in 2016. Is there a way to describe how 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 do how does an artist like yourself find a new sound? Like how do you find the right sound where you can say, This is what I want to put out, and this is who I am, and this is who I want to be in the future, mm. versus the caricature that you mentioned before that you were between mm. 2014 and 2016? Is mm. there a way to describe that? That's a great question. That's an that's an amazing question. Um, and I'm right now I'm just going back to what I was thinking. I know 
in the beginning of the Soon You'll Understand recordings, one thing I was telling myself was I want the music to be the cloud in the sky and my vocals to be the emotions that I'm feeling floating over the cloud. That was as clear as 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 what as as what I visualized it while I was making it. As far as finding the new sound, I I literally just incorporated different elements from all of my music prior and new things that I was hearing. And and that's that's kind of how that came out like that. I was just taking different spices and sauces from different things that I've used before and and new things that I was hearing. Like and soon you'll understand a lot of the like hi-hat patterns were like weird and they weren't it wasn't really like trappy. It was just like almost kind of like what you hear in like UK grime and like drill like today. It was like strange syncopation and like different drums. But I think also on top of that was the way that I was vocalizing uh, was very mantra based. It was very much so still as same same thing today. It's like my melodies, I kind of repeat the same melody. The melody is like kind of like the mantra. Yeah. And I didn't think about that. I was just doing it. It's weird. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Were there many tries or like how, how fast is that, that process going back to the studio recording, uh, starting recording with, with your new sound, basically starting recording soon you'll understand how fast are you there where you want to be? Is it the process of like a year or two years or is it fairly quickly that you've, like you mentioned, the spices, the sauces, the new mixed with the old, how, mm -hmm. how long does that process take? Uh, depends on when it hits you, but you can, you can, I feel like at this point I can pull it out anytime. I literally have hundreds of unfinished songs that probably will never get finished because I feel like if I don't make it right there in the spot, if I don't make the body of the music, the body of the song right there in that first sitting, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not, I'm just not gonna go back to it. So like soon you'll understand every song that's on there I made in one night, literally. And I, I might go back to like add some harmonies or something, but usually I make song, every song that's like slaps, like I made it in one sitting. Like I have to get all the energy out right there because that's when it's the best. That's when it's the rawest form. Um, every song, every song I made it right there. Now the beat, I might have sat on the beat for a few days or a week or two. Not with Soon You'll Understand, but like stuff after that. Soon You'll Understand was everything was made right there. Beat was right there. Vocals right there. Done. Next day. Beat right there. Vocals right there. Done. Next day. So on, so on, so on. Every song. See you there. Powers right there. Just made it right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. Um, Delancey made it right there. Like 10 minutes. You know, like some of the... My best shit made in like 20 minutes, you know, because that's, I just, you hear the music and like, oh, then you start mumbling something or melodies are coming out and it's like, you got to get it out right there. Um, as far as the sound, the actual production, I definitely, over time, it's best for me to 
kind of just download new experiences, hear new things, and then I'll sit down for like three weeks and record a project. I'll take all of that and like sit down for like two, three weeks, record a project. It, 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 it should never, ever take me more than like two or three weeks to record a body of work. Never. If it does, I'm thinking about it too much. I'm sitting on the song too long it's, and, and then it'll just never come out. So the, the new release, the new LP is, is done? Yeah, the new LP is done. I recorded, I recorded 80% of it December of 2021, actually. Um, I just had gone through some shit and I just felt really fucked up emotionally and um, it provoked me to reflect on past traumas and past love relationships that went wrong, and childhood issues. And I just recorded it in literally like two weeks. Like every song was boom, okay. Before I would even add drums, I would just, I would add like some strings or something and already have the melody, then I recorded it. And then I would either send it to my cousin, Enzo, and he'll send some drums back or I'll already have some drums. I'm like, yo, what do you feel about this? I'll send it to him, he'll send it back. And I sat on it because I didn't think it was the time to release it. And I already had these other songs for once you believe in yourself. So I said, okay, let me get that out. And then I'll, I'll, I feel like after that is the time to release this new stuff. Do you have a release date in mind already? When this might be yeah, coming? I do actually. Uh, end of April or first week of May. That's amazing. Something yeah. to look forward to for sure. Absolutely. I have a lot of couple projects that I want to release, a couple collaborative tapes. And um, I want to finish the second trilogy this year. So, so um, chapter five being the middle, and then chapter six sometime at the end of fall. What we'll, was we'll have that as well. Going back to you know talking a little bit about you know the music industry, I, I'm wondering what what you wish you would have known about the music industry uh, prior to becoming a part of it. Yeah. Um, I wish I would have known that in some way, shape, or form, you got to play the game. Um, in some way, shape, or form, you have to be okay with giving up some of your freedoms and ideas. I, I wish I would have known you're going to have to do a lot and not get back anything. Um, I wish I would have known there's a lot of people that don't have ideas, but they have money and you have ideas and no money at the time. And they take those ideas and, you know, you'll never get credit for those ideas, but the ones that know, they know. Um, if I would have known all these things, it probably wouldn't have been good because I would have never entered it. You know, it was good that I, that, that I didn't know and I entered and I learned these things. And then I took a step back and I said, okay, I'm going to learn how to navigate this industry independently. And I'm going to be able to grant that wisdom to others in the future. I'm going to be very successful in my regards. And I'm going to open up doors for others that wish to take a similar pathway. Because at the end of the day, you know, the music business is... Um, 
It's a business. Uh, but today's day and age, the internet has changed how we need to do business with the music business. You know, you can blow up on the internet and then you can go sign away your life for a million dollars. But like, what is a million dollars? A million dollars isn't even a lot of money. You know, like I can go, there's, I have multiple ideas that make me millions of dollars right now, right? So it's like, it's, it's not about that. It's about how will my kids, how will my kids' kids be able to benefit off of what I leave here? How will the generations beyond be able to, you know, benefit off of what I leave here? How will I, in my time here, be able to enjoy the fruits freely, you know, the things that I create, my intellectual property, you know? And, and, I, and the, the industry is full of individuals that don't care about the actual art. They don't care. It's just like, is this marketable? Anything is marketable. Everything is marketable, right? So it's more like, oh, this person garnered this much attention on their own. Let's go grab this person and amplify that attention. That's great. You know, that's awesome. If I ever were to do business with the music business, with people in on that side, my leverage will be so ridiculous that like, you know, my, my leverage has to be like ridiculous and it's, it's not quite there yet. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm good doing it how I'm doing it right now. Yeah. You mentioned opening doors for others and um, sure. you, you are an, an, an inspiration for many and, and many Thank also you. who might start, you know, want to start in the music industry. And you've, you've shared some of the advice that you would give them. But I, I, my two final questions, actually three final questions. Um, but before we get into that, my, do you have, what are the particular advice you have for someone that is, that is about to get started and wants to get started building a career in music? What, what would you want to tell them right now? Just make music, have fun, love it. Don't ever lose that passion by comparing yourself to other situations or thinking you need to get a deal. Or if you're not, if you don't have a million followers and you're a failure, just make music and have fun while doing it. It's going to travel. I promise you. Don't get caught up in the numbers. Just create it. Yeah. Do you have people that you you're you're following and or people that you've met artists that you've met who are at the starting point of their career that you you might want to share here so we can add them to our unsigned hype playlist people that have just started or you know yeah. might not have the millions of followers yet and yeah absolutely yeah I like to uh, shout out my guy Justin Valentine XO uh, he's an incredible incredible up-and-coming talent he's an amazing guitarist on the guitar and he has a great voice and uh right now i'm um i'm um giving him insight and just sending him in the right direction he already has his own direction in music uh and he actually played guitar on this 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 next record coming up so you know shots out to him um there 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 were a couple artists who Were, were trying to start out, but they went in other directions. So off the top, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to say shots out to XO. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. What what do you do it all for? 
fulfillment, uh, satisfaction. I love to do it. And I, I intend on this love that I love and passionately love to do, not only continues to inspire people, but also uh, supports me generously financially, you know, then I will be absolutely complete and uh, continue to give y'all music for free and, 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 and whatever else that, that, that uh, obtains. But at this, at this point in time, it's something I just love to do. I love to express myself in this way. And, and I know that it affects people positively. Like that's, that's a blessing. I'm just connecting the bridge between that and being successful commercially as well. Titus, thank you so much. Uh, really enjoyed this talk. Thank you so much for your time oh. and sharing your story. Man, likewise, thank you for taking the time to hear me out and share this to others that may want to or need to hear this. was Unsigned Hype episode 15 with Titus. The track you're hearing right now is called Calling. You will find the song in the Unsigned Hype podcast playlist along with all other songs discussed in this episode. Make sure to support Titus by checking out his music and following him on social media. Titus is also planning the release of two new albums next year and to go on a world tour so make sure to look out for that as well. And for your weekly Unsigned Hype make sure to follow us on Spotify and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes below. Show.